Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are going to be talking about John Wick Chapter 4. Chapter 4 War. Now, Jennifer, we did we've we've done one of these John Wick movies. Do we do do we do Parabellum or is this our first John Wick? I think it's our first one. I don't remember doing another one. Okay. Okay. I I came to John Wick because of you. You watched it. Yeah. And I was sick one day and while I was laying in bed, I literally just put the movie on and I was like, all right, well, let's see what this is all about. If it's not, I can't feel any worse if it's terrible, right? So the first John Wick movie I watched through when I was sick and I loved it. it I love the first one too. That is, I love the first one too. It has a lot of action, mm. but it has a story there and it has a heartfelt, like driven mission that he is on. Yeah. This dude killed his dog. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's there's a reason behind this. You understand why he is doing what he's doing. Right. He's a little crazy right now. He's right. in grief and crazy. I, I love the first one. Mm-hmm. I've watched the first one several times. Yeah, agreed. It's a really, really good action movie, and it's probably one of the better ones that we've had in, I don't know, maybe since the 90s, I would mm-hmm. say. It's definitely one of those ones that, like, I would, if I were to be introducing people to an action movie, I'd say, you know what, let's watch John Wick. Mm-hmm. Because of its because of its recency and because of the stylistic way with which it was shot and, you know, produced. So, I know we've seen all of them. I don't remember two and three very well. I remember there's a lot of globetrotting in both of those. There is. And I do remember them because I did another rewatch. So, like. Indiana Jones, I decided, okay, I'm going to watch all these movies leading up to it. (laughs) So in the last few days, I've watched four John Wick movies. I'm going to say the same thing as Indiana Jones. I think I've seen enough John Wick for a little while now. (laughs) It was a lot of John Wick. The second and third, it, it, it feels to me like a typical continuation of a movie the second one not as good as the first mm-hmm. third one not as good as the second oh, you know sure. well, it kinda, law of diminishing returns, yeah it sure. kind of steps down because i feel like they're not giving us a whole lot new in those now i didn't hate them sure but they just weren't as good and i haven't revisited those like i've revisited the first one right i think the first one stands just fine by itself Mm-hmm. I don't think sequels were necessary. I understand why they made them. Of course, it was a very, very popular and very well-received film. So why not make sequels? But again, like I said, I don't remember anything. So I need a refresher, a little quick refresher here. How did the third one end? I, I kind of remembered a little bit as they were talking. I'm pretty sure Winston shot him yeah. off of a roof. Yeah, so Winston shot John Wick, mm-hmm. so that way he could maintain control of the New York Continental. Okay. John Wick fell on the ground, mm-hmm. and then when the high table lady, do you remember that like lady with the really short buzz cut? Nope. She was like the... Wait, was she played by Ruby Rose? No. Ruby, Ro- Ruby Rose she was, was in, in one, right? the... Second one, I think it was. Okay. Well, it wasn't the first. That's right. Anyways, she went. They went down to find John Wick's body, and it wasn't there. Ah, uh, that's and right. And then they it Michael cuts Myers at them, yeah. the end that the Bowery King has him in a shopping cart and is pushing mm. him down the road. Okay. All right. Yeah, I would. I would never have remembered that last bit. So it makes sense that he's with the Bowery King at the beginning yes. of this movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. Yeah, he rescued him. Very good. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, as I was watching, I was like, why is he here now all of a sudden? I don't remember. It's literally my first note. I have no idea how the last one ended. I'm going to need a refresher. Yeah. My second note is, oh, man, this should be a nice, quick little action move. It's three fucking hours? Three hours long. Yeah. I agree with this being basically an action movie. There's mm-hmm. th- there's not a lot of story in this. There's some, but there's yeah. not a lot. I feel like you need to keep this under two hours. It has to be under two hours. I would usually tend to agree with you, but I feel like everything that happened in this movie informed what was coming after it. Right, but I and don't think all these fight scenes needed to be as long as they were. They are definitely long. There's some that are very long. Like, 
I think there was one I ended up pausing three different times because stuff was happening. And I'm and then the third time I come back and I'm like, oh, my God, we're yeah. still in the same one. And then there was a really long one towards the end. And I was like, OK, this has got to be the, the big thing at the end. And then mm-hmm. I paused it to see where I was at. And there was 45 minutes <laughs> left of the movie. Oh, and the last 45 minutes are all fighting. Now, yeah. So I, I think... I think if you're going to cut anything out, maybe cut some of that out. So that way you Trim keep all bit, of yeah. keep all of the storyline. Right. Cut some of the action down, you know. I mean, each see, each one could have been cut down a few minutes each and you start knocking it down, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I actually have a note here that says that these action scenes are so long that I can literally walk away for 10 minutes and come back and not miss any of the plot. Yeah. And it's true and I'm not I'm not saying that to deride this movie whatever my decision is on this movie will arrive at by the end of the podcast obviously Mm -hmm. but I am saying that they are very very long action sequences Mm -hmm. in fact I think the shortest of them is the opening action sequence the Mm -hmm. not the opening but like shortly after John is back in action Mm -hmm. we get this action sequence where it it doesn't take very long and it's good, and it moves the story forward, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, the action is definitely... If I felt like Indiana Jones's, the most recent Indiana Jones films, action sequences went on too long, these are these are twice as long. They're yeah. twice as long as Indiana Jones action sequences. Well, and I feel like because this is the last one, they were trying to, like, let's do all the cool stuff and do all these scenes and... They, they did put a lot of neat fight sequences in here, but I still felt like they were too long. Now, wait, this is the last one because I'd heard that they're working on a fifth one. They were working on a fifth. So this is the latest that I've read. They were working on a fifth one, but Stahelski, the director, and Keanu Reeves, both of them wanted this to just be tied up and be the end. Hmm. The studio did not like this, of course, and rocks. said, are you fucking crazy? But they put together a story and was like, this is the proper goodbye for John Wick. Yeah. And pitched it to the studio. And I guess the studio ended up accepting it. But there is a spinoff coming. It's called Ballerina. Oh, yeah. Isn't it like a prequel or something? Or I don't remember if it's a prequel or not. But I just know there's one coming with... It's called Ballerina. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who the actress is. That... Is, Cal- is Keanu Reeves going to be in it? No. Oh, okay. All right. does sound like they are going to bring some John Wick character cameos into it, though. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Are they going to bring Kane in? It doesn't I... say anything oh. other than there'll be some cameos. I would love that. It. I love Donnie Yen. I thought he did a great job. This is Chirrut Imwe from Rogue One. I am one with the Force, oh. and the Force is with me. So dude's playing another blind martial artist. <laughs> that's his thing, I that's, guess. No, no, his thing <laughs> is being a badass martial artist actor, and he he thoroughly fucking earned it. But he's, I guess, in recent years, he played so well in Rogue One. I guess that's what he's doing. I don't know. Okay. But okay. yeah, I loved I loved me some Donnie Yen, and it was chock full of Donnie Yen stuff in here, and I loved it. Loved it. Right. So yeah. So why don't I'll tell you what? Here's what we'll do. Let's get let's get the cast and crew from you, and then we'll jump into the movie. All right, this movie was directed by Chad Stahelski. Now, did you know that Chad was Keanu Reeves' stunt double in The Matrix? I did. Did you know that Chad Stahelski has been in the stunt business for a long, long time? Going back to like the early 90s, I think. Yeah, yeah. so I did a little looking, obviously, at some things for the movie, and I learned that, and I thought that was kind of cool. So Keanu and Chad have actually worked together for quite yeah. a long time. They know each other pretty well, so sure. they, they work together well, I guess. I'm pretty sure he was the Brandon Lee stunt double in The Crow, the oh, very original Crow movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If, if I remember correctly, but dude's been in eight of shit as a stunt as a stunt actor I guess mm-hmm. all the Matrix movies he was in Spider-Man 2 he was in uh, the Triple X movies he was in V for Vendetta he's in a bunch of X-Men movies he you know I mean dude has been in, I mean Captain America Deadpool everything so this dude's done everything it's it's surprising to me that they don't you know they've got all these award shows that honor the actors and stuff why don't they have a category to honor these stunt people it is I, I feel like, I, I mean, I read a little thing that people have had talk about it before, but 
I feel like these people are super talented and they don't really get much recognition <laughs> for it. Yeah. I, you know, here's the thing. The, okay. So I have a dueling like opinions on award shows. I think they're, mm-hmm. I think they're stupid and vapid to begin with, mm-hmm. but I also love the pageantry of it, I guess, okay. which is weird, but I also <laughs> like to see like what movies I'm missing out on, you know? Sure. This is the and the and those award shows they just scratch the surface of it. I one hundred percent think that voice actors mm-hmm. and stunt actors good, uh, should yeah. be involved yeah. in these awards if they're going to give out awards because there are there have been some voice actors that have given amazing performances. Yeah. Yes, there are some stuntmen that have given stunt actors, excuse me, that have been given that have given amazing performances. You give it to a cinematographer. Mm-hmm. You give it to the sound editor. The you give it to the visual effects people. Mm-hmm. Give it to the give it to the stunt coordinators yeah. or the stunt team as a whole. If you don't want to single someone out, yeah, you know? I, I, agree. I agree. I, I, I feel would, like I would, they I would should get with that. recognized a little bit. So yeah, definitely. All right, this movie was written by Shay Hatton, Michael Finch, and Derek Kolstad. It stars Keanu Reeves as John Wick. We've got Lawrence Fishburne as the Bowery King. Ian McShane is back as Winston. I love Ian McShane. <laughs> we have Bill Skarsgård as the Marquis. I was not expecting Bill Skarsgård in this movie at all. I forgot. I knew he was in it, but completely mm. forgot about it. So when he came on screen, I'm like, oh, it's him. Which I feel like is pretty cool because he seems to get a lot of creepy movie roles. And this yeah. one is kind of like a somewhat normal one. Good for him. He's kind of a psychotic. I don't know how normal that is, but all right. He is, fair, but I he's guess. not like some creepy clown freaking out kids and w- there was freaking them out or eating them. He was eating them. Yeah, okay. And then he was also in that TV show, that Stephen King's TV show, and he had kind of a creepy role in that one too. Oh, uh, Castle Rock. Is that yeah, what you're talking Castle about? Rock, yeah, Castle Rock. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then there was that other movie recently. Now, he wasn't creepy in that, but the movie was creepy, and I still associate him with that creepy movie. What, so. what movie? That one where the house had, like, those tunnels underground. Oh, Barbarian. Barbarian, yes, yes, yes. That's right. Well, you just gave that one away. That movie was good. I like mm-hmm. that movie a lot. I think we talked about that one, didn't we? I don't think we did a podcast on that oh, one. Oh, I thought I don't we think did. so, did we? I don't remember. We've Shit. done so many at this point. I, I don't yeah. remember. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> All right. I'm going to continue yes, with please, the cast. Please. We have Donnie Yen as Kane, Shamir Anderson as the tracker, and Lance Reddick as Sharon. Uh, the late Lance Reddick. Yeah. He passed Sad. just this last March right before the movie's release. Yeah. Um, Sad. Sad stuff. It is. Do we know what he died from? Do we know? I do not know. Hmm. I should look that up. I was perusing Chad Stahelski's Wikipedia page here a moment ago, and I came across something that makes me a very, very, very happy person. Because how much I love John Wick, I'm excited that he is involved in the Ghost of Tsushima movie that's coming out. Okay. Ghost of Tsushima is a video game that I love. Is that the one that you told me you get really like creeped out when you play that with headphones on? No, that's oh. Resident Evil. This oh, okay. is something completely different. <laughs> Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima is a, a, a game that takes place during 15th century Japan, I think, when okay. the uh, Mongols are invading a small island, the small island of Tsushima, and it is it is historically accurate that that's what was going on now the story obviously is made up and right. they you know they've used they do use some historically accurate facts in it but it is that game is a it, it's probably one of my favorite games i've ever played in my entire life but mm. it is amazing it's an open world and you get to kind of wander around and fight mongols and you know try and take the island back you're the last samurai on the island it's amazing okay. and, and if and if chad stahelski is doing that i am I am 100% in. I wasn't sure when I heard they were making Ghost of Tsushima. But if he's involved, fuck yes. Yeah. Yes. It's always tough when they do video games to movies because yes. it's very hit and miss. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mostly mess. <laughs> but all right. Should we get into this story? Yes. Let's do that. Okay. So like you talked about at the beginning here, it opens up in New York 
John is in the care of the Bowery King. He is training, I think. And the Bowery King comes in and does like maybe some sort of a ceremony. I don't know what the fuck it is, but he like brings John a suit and lights a diamond on fire on the floor. Not like a diamond diamond, but like a diamond. Like he did he like painted it out in gasoline and then lit it on fire. Yeah. What's I, that I, all about? I, I have no idea, but quick question. Do we know how much time has passed from the end of John Wick? three to the beginning of this movie i don't I remember don't think, them saying yeah they never actually say i think there's enough time that the table has changed changed their tack on how they're going to go after john because they, they're going to give it to this marquee the marquee guy mm-hmm. and they're going to give him basically the keys to the kingdom mm-hmm. to do whatever he needs to do including blowing up the New York Continental, which he does. But no, there's not really a time frame. They don't give you a time frame. Uh, Because the first three movies pretty much go boom, boom, boom. Right. This one, though, there has to be some time because John Wick fell off a goddamn roof (laughs) of a large building. So Midwest of you. Goddamn roof. A golly gosh darn roof. Golly gosh darn. Dang it, dong it. (laughs) And... Was shot yeah. several times. Well, I think he had a yeah, knife he's wound. Always shot several. He had times, like a though. knife wound, a, a bullet wound. He fell off the roof. Uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a good chunk of time for this guy to heal. But I do have a question because I keep the. Do you think John Wick is supposed to have some kind of superhuman strength? Because when you watch these movies. And watching him one, two, three, four, like I did, this dude is fighting for days on end. And and by the time you get into the third one, we're talking weeks on end. He's been shot. He's been stabbed. He's been hit by cars. He's been thrown through grass. He's been thrown through glass. Mm -hmm. He has fallen off roofs. He has fallen down like, like, stairs and stuff i mean i mean so much has happened but he keeps going he just keeps up and keeps going a a normal human cannot do this and i understand it's a movie and you have to suspend your disbelief but that is like really like really (laughs) suspending your disbelief yeah agreed agreed it is it is stretching the boundaries of what i'm willing to go with but i will say this the I think the reason that I gravitate towards John Wick as a character is I kind of liken him to the Punisher mm-hmm. in a way. Now, Punisher is a very similar origin story. Someone that he loves was killed by, you know, crazy people or gangsters, and he swore revenge, right? And in this, in that way, if I'm going to give the Punisher the leeway that I give the Punisher Mm -hmm. in that, you know, Punisher takes a goddamn beating Mm -hmm. all the time in the comics, but he's, and he's supposed to be like 60 something years old at this point. Mm -hmm. It's a Vietnam vet. And if he's going to be able to get up and keep going with no supernatural help at all, I think John Wick can do it. So is John Wick also a comic book character? No, no, not at all. John Wick is an original creation by okay. Derek Holstead, I think. Okay. I'm pretty sure. And I don't know why, for some reason, I give that to comic book characters a lot easier. For I, I don't know. I suppose it's because <laughs> it's all fantastical stuff. But that was one thing that kept coming up in my thought process while I was watching these was, how the hell is this dude still going? <laughs> but I do have to say the assassins are all very nice and they will fight him one at a time most of the time. The others will stand back or they, they're they laying on the ground and don't even attempt to get up until he's finished with the other guy. So it's very nice of them to just, you know, one at a time here. The big name ones, like, you know, the, the ones like the main character bad guys, there's a certain like ring of honor to it, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why like Kane's not going to jump in while Mr. Nobody's attacking him or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like... But even when he's circled by a whole bunch of like red shirt people, yeah. y- you know, they still take turns. <laughs> I love that you use the term red shirt because you don't even like Star Trek, but it transcends Star Trek it fandom. Does. You yeah. can. Everybody knows what a red shirt is. Yes. You're gonna die. Yeah, That's gonna die. Yeah. You are just here to die. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Prepare to die. <laughs> so yeah. So okay. So 
John says, yeah, I'm ready to go take on the high table. And he ends up traveling to Morocco where he kills a bunch of people while he's on a horseback. Then he kills the elder who is one who sits above the table. So in other words, this is a guy who runs the high table? Or is he... I don't understand what that means. I don't either. I'm not sure I understand the whole logistics of this high table thing. They seem to kind of come in and they have all these old ways and stuff, but we find them out as we need to find them out. So, well, no, okay. But that's how it works. That's how movies and movie sequels work. There's always something new to find. out. It doesn't always make sense, I guess. So, right. I I think, if, if I may, I think that they've stitched it together pretty competently. Yeah. But the I think where you, the problem that you're having, if if tell me if I'm wrong here, the problem that you're having is it seems convenient that each of these things is happening in each of these movies. You know, these different things that the table are doing, mm-hmm. right? Like, am I am I off? Am I off on well, that? Well, yeah, because like by the time you get to the fourth one, they hire this marquee person. Yeah. Well, if they were and and if they were so intent on getting John Wick before, why didn't they bring somebody like that in before? Right. Uh, I I don't know, and, and I I don't hate it. Let's just be very sure, honest. Sure. No, I don't no, hate I, it. Yeah. It's just when I do stop to try and think about, okay, how did that work or this work? It doesn't always quite connect for me. Sure. And sure. honestly, I've only seen the second and third ones twice. Mm. I haven't seen them as much as the first time, and we get a lot more of the high table stuff. In, in those two. Right. Because I don't even know if the high table is mentioned in the first one. It's not. No. Because in fact, we don't even one, know what yeah. that's about. Because yeah. the first one is mainly about the Continental mm-hmm. and them just going after him. I, you know what? I have another question for yeah. you. Was the Continental always in the Flatiron building? I think so, yeah. Okay. I don't remember it. And I just thought, as, we're watching, as I was watching this movie... I, I noticed that it was in the Flatiron Building, and it, it occurs to me that anytime someone needs a cool headquarters in New York, it's always the Flatiron Building. That is a cool looking. It building. is a cool looking building. No, have you lie. seen it in person? Yes, I have. Oh, that'd be yeah. so cool to see. It's a building. <laughs> I know that, but I I love that architecture stuff. That's sure. unique, like something yeah. older, something unique. I think that's neat. That's funny because like I like I spent a lot of time in New York as a kid. And so, like, some of that stuff is kind of old hat to me. People are like, mm-hmm. oh, the Statue of Liberty. I'm like, yeah, big whoop, man. It's the Statue of Liberty. I'd love to see the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, see what I've I mean? There, like, right there, right? Yeah. The Empire State Building, right? Yeah, I've never seen it. I'd yeah, love to I've, see I've it. been. I've yeah. been up and up and, down, up and down the Empire State Building before. So, Just real quick, the New York Continental, mm-hmm. I think this idea in this place is fascinating. And I thought I saw something that they're going to do, like, a three-part TV series on the Continental. Oh, I thought it was an open-ended TV series. It's oh, is it open-ended? I, no, no, I, I thought I, I read it was three-part. Okay. Anyways, I am excited for this because I think the Continental is fascinating. And I would love to know more about how that works and kind of the history of that. And I think that's what we're going to get. So I'm very excited for that. That, that is, I, I, I do like that. The problem is, though, you're going to have to deal with more high table stuff because the high table controls the continentals mm-hmm. because there's a continental but all over. But maybe some more of that will make sense to me then. If, if you kind of get a little yeah. bit more of the intri- intricacies of how all that works, it might be, well, click, start clicking for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. My, my problem with that is I think that it gets overly complicated if you bring in too much of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked about that first movie is there's a mystique to it. Mm-hmm. There's a mystique to, like, what are all these rules? Oh, there's this rule where you have to, he can only do this. Oh, he can't have, you can't have, you can't do business on the continental yeah. grounds. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. I don't need any more explanation than that. I yeah. think that's a cool little like quirk of this universe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We should yeah. probably get back to the story. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I mean, you know what? We're talking about the movies. Yeah. I know, what I'm so the, in a response to John having killed this elder, the table hires Marquis Vincent Besaid de Gramont, who's a high table member. They su- He summons the New York Continental Hotel manager, Winston, and his concierge, Karen, or Sharon? Sharon. Sharon? Sharon? I don't know. I think it's Sharon. Sharon. I think so, Whatever. too, but now I'm questioning everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. He... 
basically gives a little exposition up. He says, look, they give me all the all their resources. My job is to kill John Wick. And then he kind of goes to Winston. He's like, you had a chance and you didn't kill him. And you have to be you have to be punished for that. So he strips Winston of his managerial duties and he declares him excommunicado. Then he destroys the New York Continental while Winston watches. He has it just blown up, mm-hmm. which means they blew up the Flatiron Building, not mm-hmm. in real life, but just in right. the John Wick world. That's a crime. <laughs> like you said, cool building. Yeah. And then he executes Charon. Sharon. Sharon. I don't know. I'm not going to have to say his name again. Because Lance Reddick's character. Lance Reddick's character. He executes him instead of executing Winston. And there's a there's actually a kind of a touching moment where Winston's like, it should have been me. And the guy's like, it's it was my honor, right, to serve, to mm-hmm. be, you know, to, to work with you. Mm-hmm. Then the Marquis enlists Kane, who is a blind, retired tie table assassin, to to kill John, who is, by the way, His John's friend. friend. Yeah. They're friends. He says, look, if you if you don't kill John, I'm going to kill your daughter. So basically he's sending Cain to murder John or else he's going to kill Cain's, Cain's daughter. John, meanwhile, goes to Osaka, Japan and hides at their Continental, who is run by his friend Koji. And the, the high table group that is now, I guess, the Marquis' elite group of high table right. yeah. assassins or whatever, they show up and they're there to basically investigate the hotel. Kane is with them as well. The high table deconsecrates the hotel, which means that now you can conduct business mm-hmm. at this continental because the the one the Koji says, look. Hey, you can't do any business, and that includes your business. You can't do it here. So there you go. And so then that's when they're like, well, we're going to deconsecrate it. So now we can. So guess what? And then they have this huge fight. This is going to be a common theme. I'm going to say, and then they have a huge fight a few times in this, right, as we go along. So we have this big fight. Kane and John end up like fighting through a bunch of assassins to get to each other. And then they have this big fight where we kind of get a little bit of a hint that they, maybe they know each other a little more than just, you know, mm-hmm. rivals or whatever. And we also get a guy named Mr. Nobody who shows up. He has a doggy with him, CGI dog <laughs> who works sometimes, I guess. What did you think of the CGI on that dog? That's a CGI dog. It's a CGI dog. I swear to God, that's a CGI dog. Oh, I'm curious. We got to look that up. I looked CGI to me in a couple of spots. There's no way they would. Look, SAG would never, would never let a person be grabbed by the nuts by a rat, by a, by a dog on a movie set. I There's just no way. Right? Please tell me it's a CGI dog. So it's probably somebody real and then they cut and then they let the thing like go at a dummy on the ground is my guess. All right. It still looked like it was CGI in a couple of spots, but whatever. Okay, so let's just keep moving. because No CGI. No <laughs> CGI. Okay, all right, fair enough. My eyes are deceiving me. Maybe I just don't trust uh, CGI or effects anymore because of that Indiana Jones <laughs> thing with the face floating or whatever. So Mr. Nobody was going to kill John, but he lets him go because he figures out that the bounty, or he's, he's talking to the Marquis and he's like, no, no, he's not talking to the Marquis. The bounty is too low on John. It's not worth it. So he's not going to kill him just yet. I'm, I am confused about this tracker guy. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is this guy? Just another assassin. Just some rando dude that's like, like he sh- in this whole yeah. plot story this time, and is like, who is this guy? And why does he keep letting him? Letting him go. Like, he's not a friend, as far as we know. Right. For the amount of money they are willing to pay and everybody else is willing to kill him, I don't understand his motivations. I I, really don't. Yeah, his motivation is kind of suspect. And, in fact, I feel like this is the padding that you were talking about. You could easily eliminate this character 
But the problem is, where do you get the dog moment with John Wick? Because this movie is going to call back to several things in the first John Wick movie that we're going to need later on. Now, I like this character. I just don't feel like it makes sense. Make him be John's friend from back in the day. And now all of a sudden, he's got a reason for not doing it. He's going to hesitate. We already have that, though, with Kane. We have that with Kane and the Koji. And yeah, but Koji was helping him. Yeah. Kane was there to hunt him. It's this guy, this Mr. Nobody or was there to hunt him. Maybe he's not well. friends, but maybe somehow John Wick ended up saving somebody that he. I, I don't maybe know. Maybe John could have saved the dog in <laughs> one of the earlier movies. Yeah, I just feel like. I just feel like I didn't understand this character's motivation and it felt weird going through this because I yeah. didn't understand why he kept hesitating hesitating and not killing him the only reason that we're given is that it's because of money he wants more money but then he doesn't even do it at the end with 40 million by the end though he has a different motivation because john has saved the dog so he's thankful for that eh, all right that's that's what i took from that's what i that's how i took it okay so the big fight kind of ends with koji and kane fighting each other Kane ends up killing Koji, but spares Koji's daughter, Akira, who is the concierge at the Osaka Continental. And Akira and John will have a moment on the subway later in a really cool-looking sequence. Now, that subway was badass-looking with all the red and blue neon. Mm -hmm. I fucking loved that. I loved it. Looked great. But they had this moment, and I thought they were going to fight on a train. But there was no fight. I was very disappointed that there was no fight on the train. I'm kind of glad they didn't because I feel like we've seen that a little bit lately. I think there's been a couple movies that has had the fights on the train. Right, but I was I was thinking that like we've already had a fight on a horse. Mm-hmm. We've already had fights like in a bunch of different like locations, cars, mm-hmm. motorcycles, yeah, everything, everything. Right? Yeah. Like, why not on yeah, a train? It could. Yeah. John Wick should be able to fight on a train, and then all that's left is a plane. <laughs> I don't know, but so John heads back to New York after he has this conversation with Akira and she's like, you know, I don't, I don't forgive you for my father dying for you. We shouldn't have had you there to begin with, blah, blah, blah. She basically is like swearing vengeance on him. John goes back to New York and he meets with Winston at Karen, Sharon, Karan's gravesite. Winston suggests that John challenge the Marquis to a duel. Which is an old high table tradition. Now, this is what you were talking about, where we're just getting new stuff mm-hmm. that gets introduced as we go along. And I I see where that could be frustrating, but I also see, like, I mean, they did that in Return of the Jedi. We got introduced to the idea that Luke and Leia were brother and sister at Jedi. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this is, you have to upend certain things to right. make right. stuff move along, I guess. And this works for me. I don't know. Did it work for you at all, or was it... Did you like this this concept of like an, an old-timey type duel to finish it? Well, I, I guess. I, I guess it was fine. Hmm. It was fine. I didn't hate it. I thought the duel at the end was kind of weird, but I, we'll get there. I like how we got to the duel Yeah, a, a lot more than the duel itself, like how they determined it. I thought that was cool. Yeah. It was one of those things that like the continental stuff that I was, or the, uh, excuse me, the high table stuff that I was like, you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. If John were to win this duel, he would be free of all obligations to the high table, but he can only request a duel on behalf of a crime family. So John goes to Berlin to the headquarters of a crime syndicate that he used to, what, he used to work for them or he used to be part of their family or something, or he is part of their family? I did not catch. That part was a little muddy for me. I, I couldn't figure out how it was. Yeah. Related in there, but... Well, he wants to try and get back in so that so that he can have them make the offer or make the offer of the duel and put him in as mm-hmm. the proxy. He, the woman there, I think is his sister, this Katya woman. Okay. You saw the last, the other two more recently or the other three more recently. Did they have anything to do with these people? These no. people are all new. This is okay. all new. It's so all this new. is, okay, jeez, for... Like, for someone like me that hasn't seen the other ones since the last one came out, they sure can get a lot of stuff by you. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, fuck, I totally remember that. (laughs) No. 
So this Katya person says that, look, you have to kill this dude that killed my father. And if you do that and you bring me proof that you killed him, we'll let you in. So they set up a whole, like, meet with this dude, which turns out to be an ambush. And Kane and Mr. Nobody are there, too. Why? I do not know. Just because they're following John? Is that how they ended up there? It doesn't make any sense to me why they're there. Now, this is the part where I'm like, why? I don't... This, like, it almost took me out of the movie that they were both there. Because it was like, this doesn't make any sense for them to be here. Why are they here? This should be John versus this this dude. I I think by this point, Mr. Nobody has talked to the Marquis and they've Mm -hmm. made that deal. Yeah. And he cut his hand or whatever it was. I think it was before this. Yeah, it was. And so at that point, again... Why isn't he just killing him and getting the bounty? I don't understand why he's not doing it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kane, we know why. Kane, Kane's yes. Their I friends, understand right? Kane's yeah. hesitation. Yes. Right. So, John ends up killing this dude, this Harkin guy, in and this also, huge fight. His death yeah. was like the only time through this whole movie where I was like, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, fa- he throws him off these set of stairs and he like cracks his head on the Yeah, thing. like his, like, his he head falls goes, head first. Right yeah, in weird ways. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was gross. <laughs> but the, the thing that I thought was funny is that there is absolutely no reaction from the crowd as they are fighting their way through I know, through a lot of people crowd. are just like, just turn like around and look, around. and then they keep Ooh, dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so I made a that note of that. That must happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, I made a note of that. And the other thing I thought was interesting was when they were, when they were bringing John to the this, this Harkin guy, they had a dude named Klaus, who all he said was, I am Klaus. Yeah. And I'm like, is that, is that supposed to be Groot? <laughs> Why is this guy only saying, I am Klaus? Like the dude, like the Harkin guy is like, thank you for bringing him here. And he's like, I am Klaus. And he leaves. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> What's that? Why is that guy even here? What is that about? I don't know. Like they just got tired of writing and they were like, fuck it. Just stop and say his name. <laughs> I am Steve Rogers. So John kills the guy, gets his status back. Now it's around this time that I'm starting to think about John being kind of like the Punisher again. And I started to wonder, because there's a point at which the character of the Punisher ceases to really be in it for the vengeance, and he's more in it because he likes the murder. And I'm wondering, is that John at this point? Because by this point, now we're four movies in, three and a half really, because this, believe it or not, is the fucking halfway point. This is the halfway point. The by this time there has been almost no mention of his wife throughout this entire movie. Mm-hmm. What's he fighting for? Just a fight? He wants out at this point. Well, does he? I think one it, of the characters. Some of the stuff through the second and third was him wanting to be out. Like you leave me alone. I don't want to be in this. And right. He was getting pulled back in. Right. And then there's the whole. There's the bounty on his head, so he's just trying to stay alive, and then he's trying to get to a point where he can get the bounty off of his head. It might be a little bit of both, like him just right. trying to survive and him just enjoying what he's doing. I don't know. Yeah. I I question that. I wonder. But they are going to bring it back around to the wife by the end of this. Mm-hmm. The only thing is that by now, we should have already heard something about it. We should have, like, there's going to be a moment after they after they declare the duel where John's going to go and he's going to light a candle for his wife. And that's the first mention we've gotten in, I think, two movies. Was he, was he talking about his wife at all in the second and third movie? I feel like he wasn't. I'm trying to remember. I don't think it, it came up much, but I feel yeah. like it was mentioned, especially in the second one, because the second one starts off with him going after the guys that stole the car. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, he doesn't... I start to question his motives as well. Is he in it just for the fight? Could be. I mean, he's obviously very good at what he does. Yeah. 
He's got yeah. a passion for it. Right. He's got a passion. <laughs> and they say, if you do what you're passionate about, you never work a day in your life. <laughs> so this is, not, this is John not Maybe working. Maybe that's what gives him all this like supernatural energy to just keep going. This, He's like the Energizer bunny. He this, just keeps going and going. <laughs> this sparks joy for him. <laughs> it does. So, yeah. So uh, if I may use a quite an outdated Netflix reference. So was it Netflix? Was that lady on Netflix? The feng shui lady? What the hell was her name? I don't She's know. like, this sparks joy. This does not. I don't remember what she was on. But anyway, that's that's an old reference from, God, at least seven years ago. But so after John kills this Harkon guy, he goes back to the Russian mobsters and he brings the tooth of the dude to prove that he killed them. And then they do some ritual where they burn the like the something on their arm and Mm -hmm. they share some vodka and then they're like, we're going to make the recommendation of the duel for you. And then we're going to have you come in and do the dueling. Now, Winston gets the joy of relaying the message to the emissary or to the uh, marquee. So he goes and he's like, Hey, I'm John second. Here's the thing. And the guy's like, how, you know, what, what, what the hell is this? You have to be a member of family. And he gets to tell him, hey, he is a member of a family. Mm-hmm. Then he also says, look, I want, if John wins, I want the New York Continental rebuilt and I want to be reinstated as manager. And the marquee was like, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine because he doesn't think John's going to win. And then they go to Paris. Now they're back in Paris again. There's a lot of globe trotting in this movie. They go back to Paris and this is where they get to decide the parameters of the duel. And this is what I was talking about before. When they get to, f- they, they have like these cards laid out in front of them. Mm-hmm. And they each get to make a suggestion and flip a card. And whoever has the higher number wins that particular round or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they come up with dueling pistols at sunrise the next day at a place called Sacre Coeur. And the marquee ends up nominating Kane to as his proxy, saying, hey, you're going to fight for me. The deal is the Harbinger, who is played by Clancy Brown, he's the emissary of the table, the Harbinger kind of lays it out and says, look, if you're, if you lose, or excuse me, if you, if you fail to show up, you will be executed. That's it. There's no more fucking around. Mm-hmm. You will do a duel at 30 paces at this time. If you fail to show up, you will be executed. And that's when, that's after, after that, we get this moment where John goes and lights the candle. He's talking to Kane. He's like, I'll see you out there, blah, blah, blah. The Marquis is going to cheat. Yes. Of course he's going to fucking cheat. And he decides that he's going to prevent John from showing up at the duel on time. I don't understand why, because if he's so confident in Kane, let Kane kill him. But then again, Kane is John's friend, so maybe he's worried that there might be some mm-hmm. betrayal involved there. So I kind of understand this, but I called this shit right from the jump when they were talking about a duel. I was like, okay, so they're obviously not going to let John get to this duel, right? Mm-hmm. I even wrote it down in my notes. I said, of course, it's not as simple as showing up for the duel. He's going to fight his way all the way up to dawn and show up for the duel. That's what's Mm going to happen. And, of course, it did happen. That's exactly what happens. We get this. We were talking about extended fight scenes. This This is is an extended fight scene. This is a long one. This is ridiculous. This is also where it's probably a good thing that it was just pistols that they were fighting with (laughs) because he gets hit with so many cars. Yeah. He gets thrown down the stairs several times. I don't know how many people he ends up fighting in this thing. It's unbelievable what he gets through. So by the time he gets there, I'm glad that he is visibly exhausted. Yeah, yeah. I'm very glad that it wasn't just like, oh, here I am, you know, up he goes. Yeah. Right. No, one of the things that I really loved about this is that there is a really fucking funny fall down the stairs. Like, they go down the stairs, and it goes on forever. It does. It's like, is it going to stop? Is he going (laughs) to land at the bottom? But no, he's. it's like... But wait, there's more. Like, you think it stops, but it doesn't. And he just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling down the hill. And like three minutes of rolling down a hill. Or stairs. Whatever. Yeah, that was funny as shit. (laughs) Funny as shit. 
The dog, John ends up saving that dog during yeah, this is where a part of this fight yeah. sequence. And I knew he was going to do that too. I have a note that says John's going to have to save that dog. Or he's either he's going to he's either going to save it or he's going to have to adopt it by the end. Yeah. Which would bring us full circle. Now him saving the dog, call back to, for of course, John Wick, the first movie. Mm-hmm. So he goes through, he fights all the way through. And he reaches, he reaches the... Uh, meeting place at dawn, right on time, along with Kane, because he and Kane are fighting their way up these stairs. Yep, so and Kane helps him get there. Kane helps him get there. So Mr. Nobody Mr. helps him get there. Mr. Nobody ends up helping him get there, too, because he help, he saved the dog, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And what I really liked about the Mr. Nobody character is that Mr. Nobody shows up to the duel, and he's like, I'm going to sit here and watch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a beer with my dog and watch this thing happen. Yeah. And so we get this duel. Which was kind of cool. They, you know, they well, they do the thirty paces. They turn around. They fire. It's these pistols were literally dueling pistols. That, that one shot. They can put, you load one bullet in there, and that's it. One pistol, mm-hmm. one shot from the pistol. And then if you don't, the rules are: if you don't kill, you walk forward ten spaces. You take another shot. You walk forward another ten spaces. If you don't kill there, and you take another shot. It takes all the way to the third mm-hmm. before John gets, and John ends up getting shot and falling to the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it is now up to Kane to fire the killing shot. But the Marquis is like, no, 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 I want to do it. Yeah. So he takes the gun away from Kane. He points it at John. And Winston says, you arrogant fool. John never shot. I was so glad because when that last shot happened, I'm like, he didn't shoot. Yeah. I'm like, I, I was like, I don't think he shot. And yeah. then I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He's got a bullet in there. And so I was so happy to see that. I I really hated seeing Kane and John shooting at each other because you know they're friends right. and neither one of them want to do this. Right. They're being forced to do this by this yeah. stupid high table crap. Yeah. It's tough for me to see Donnie Yen as a villain. I love him as a heroic character and he's really actually very good in this. So, but yes, I, 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 I really do like how the duel ended up playing out. So even though the duel I thought was kind of a weird way for this whole thing to end, I yeah. do like how it played out. I like yeah. that it was kind of a trick. Yeah. And he got he got the marquee at the end. I do like though before before Kane gives the gun over to the, to the marquee, he's like, "Is my daughter safe?" Yeah. And he says, "You and your daughter are he both knew. free." Yeah. So that means Kane knew what was going on. Yeah. When did they talk about this? They didn't. He, I bet you he could hear it. I bet you because of his hearing, I bet you right. he could hear that he didn't right, fire. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. It's a really good point. That's how I take it. Because we do we do get to see sometimes where like when they're fighting, we get to see a couple of a, a couple of instances where Kane can can kind of figure stuff out just through hearing. And I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that that's pretty common. But So we have Daredevil and the Punisher in this movie. We kind of do, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do. Kind of do. Taking it back to comic books. <laughs> you know what would be great is a Punisher movie directed by Chad Stahelski. Oh, Holy yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> I need a Vietnam era or 80s era Punisher movie directed by Chad Stahelski. Holy fuck, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Oh, sorry. I'm off in another world now. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> imagine the carnage would be amazing. I keep saying amazing, but that's all I can think of. That's <laughs> like my brain is so stunned by this thought. It's all I can think of is that's amazing. It's amazing. How amazing that is. It's so amazing that it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, I'm amazed at how amazing this is. So, <laughs> so anyway, so John shoots Winston, uh, not Winston, he shoots the Marquis. And the Harbinger says that Kane and John are free from their high table responsibilities. And Winston is reinstated, of course, because that was the agreement. The New York Continental will be rebuilt. And John says, Winston, can you take me home? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, sure, right? Why not, right? But John actually is sitting on the steps at this Sacre Coeur place and he collapses from his injuries while he's like reminiscing about his wife. And the next scene that we get is Winston and the Bowery King 
in New York bidding farewell to John's grave, which is right next to his wife's grave. John's wife's grave. John's dead, right? I mean, we didn't see a body. We didn't. But he's got to be dead, right? I feel like they leave it so that way they can always bring him back if they want to. But I, I hope he is. I hope he is. I feel like this would be just, okay, enough of the story. We've seen John's story here. Yeah. I think it's yeah. okay for him to be done with I this. I think it is too. I really do like that. I'm fine with it. My thought at my thought at the time was if if they're making a fifth movie, they're going to bring him back from the dead somehow, and I'm not okay with that. Mm-hmm. So, upon hearing that this is the last one, mm-hmm. I'm actually really satisfied with this ending. Yeah. I I'm a huge fan of finite stories, stories that tell their arc and they're done. Mm-hmm. Breaking Bad did it. Better Call Saul did it. There's multiple comic book stories that end in a in a in a really confident and resolved way, mm-hmm. you know. And and this is a good way to end it. It's a good death for John. He gets exactly what he's after, and he gets to see his wife again. Well, and yeah, and he does it while in helping his, memory, his friend, his yeah. friend Winston, and his friend Kane. Um, yeah, Kane. he helps Kane out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He gets him free. Yeah. Did you see the post credit scene? I didn't. I did. Oh, what I happened in the post credit? Oh, I fast forwarded. So we get to see. I should have known there should was one. I don't know I why I didn't like, think there was. At the time, now, now I didn't realize that this was the last movie until we sat down to talk about it here. So at the time, I was like, "Well, how are they going to bring him back? They're obviously going to do a post credits thing and kind of set this uh, up, okay, right?" Sure, sure. So I fast forwarded to the end. We get to see Kane go back to Paris. And reunite with his daughter, but he is also approached by Akira, the concierge daughter of Koji from the Osaka Continental. Because he killed Koji. So we think she, I think she's going after Kane. Yeah. See, and I don't, I don't think that the John Wick world is done, but I just think John Wick's story is done. I think John Wick needs to be done and i like i said finite stories are my cup of tea i love it because in my mind things don't have to go on forever i mean i don't really give a flying fuck what happens you know 50 years after the happy ending let's just have the happy ending and Mm -hmm. be done or have the down ending and be done i don't Mm -hmm. need to know what happens next i'm here for the story i'm here for the journey let's let's watch it you know and and this this works so well for me at the end Yeah. yeah yep all right, that's the end of the movie. Do we have? Do you have any other notes? Any other things that we want to talk about? A uh, couple things. Okay. The scene at the beginning that you were talking about, where they're out in the desert and all that. Yeah. That was actually filmed at the same rock where Lawrence of Arabia was filmed. Really? Because the director, I guess, is a big fan of that movie, and so he wanted to, you know, pull that in. That shit is on my list. I need to see Lawrence of Arabia. That's two directors that I have a lot of respect for, Stahelski and Spielberg. And they both love that movie. A lot of people love that movie, but they both love that movie. Mm. I I need I need to sit down and watch that fucking thing. <laughs> I do. I've been putting it off because it's like three hours, and I'm like, God, do I want a three hours movie from the 1960s? <sighs> Maybe. Uh. <laughs> I'm probably going to pass on that. I know you will. Know. I know. Um, there is a sequence, I'm trying to remember where it's at. It's one of the fight scenes, but it's where we watch <laughs> <it> them <laughs> from the top. Yes. You're watching it? Okay. Oh, I love that. All right. So this in, was inspired from the video game called The Hong Kong Massacre. Okay. It was sure. released in 2019. Never saw it, never, never so played that one. So Stahelski wanted to do something different, and he kind of mm-hmm. got inspiration from that. And I watched them do like the video of this Mm -hmm. and they had to really do a lot of timing and moving shots different ways to get this to work. Sure. I mean, it looks very simple on screen because it's just looks like you're going over the top, but it it looked really complicated to me. Yeah. Well, I I don't know camera shots and stuff like that. So to me, it just seemed like, Oh, you're just following this through. Like where was where would the cut have been? That was that all one shot? There were long shots. Long in there. shots. Yeah. Okay, all right. Good. But Fair. 
God. But going back and watching him create that, that was very neat. So there's some neat special features yeah. on the disc. Okay. I didn't watch all of them. I watched a couple of them. And sure. it it's a lot of setting up the different fight sequences and how they did the stunts and whatnot cool. in there. So if you're interested in that stuff, you know, I'd definitely say watch that. Cool. I really loved that that top-down sequence. There's a, there's a bit in that sequence. This is the part where he... That sequence is actually part of the whole thing where he saves the dog. And he's got a... Um, He's got a shotgun with incendiary ammo. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yep. Like he's shooting and people are bursting into flames. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's a little shaky on the CGI for the bursting into flames, but other times it is right the hell on. It's usually <laughs> when you're like, when you're first person kind of with John or just behind his shoulder, but when you're above, the shotgun blasts work. And I'm thinking to myself, I was thinking of a top-down shooter mm-hmm. video game that I played. It some, it's some zombie apocalypse game, of course. I can't remember the name of it. But it, it's it because it's like ten years old at this point. But it's top down and you're shooting boom 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 boom. You know as you're going along, I'm like, damn, this is cool. What a cool shot. Yeah. What a cool shot. Yeah. Neat sequence. Yeah. Now, have you heard about Keanu Reeves and his generosity with like his stunt people and coworkers and I've, stuff like that? I've heard rumors of it. Yeah. So it sounds like during after a lot of movies he will gift people stuff sure out of his own pocket this you know he's not the one that's making these movies so this is out of his own pocket right and for this movie for his stunt team he gave them all personalized t-shirts that detailed how many times that they died in the film (laughs) and then he also gave them rolex submariner watches with personalized messages on the back of them good grief they're ten thousand dollar watches wow but he he's always seems like he's very appreciative. He says thank you. Mm-hmm. He seems like a very kind person. Sure. He's one of those people, kind of like Tom Hanks, that I feel like would be super cool to meet this guy because he <laughs> seems like a really down-to-earth, normal person. I know? would, Yeah, I would have to agree with that. He does seem very down-to-earth, very normal. He's one of those people that I would be shocked if anything bad ever came out about them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, Tom Hanks or Robin Williams, you'd really be shocked that one of those guys did something bad. Yeah. Idris Elba comes to mind. Like you like I can't imagine those guys being shitty people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I just want to say we got this long four movie marathon. Yeah. All because that one douche from the first movie wanted his car <laughs> and killed his puppy killed his dog yeah. how many people have died because that puppy died now yeah that was a tragic thing and i'm not saying that he shouldn't have been absolutely outraged and gone after that first dude maybe I, i'm not saying uh, he maybe should murder people because uh, that, that yeah, you know yeah, i mean but <laughs> you can understand where the anger comes from but yes this is all because his <laughs> yeah. puppy died. I mean, you could water it down to that, sure. <laughs> uh, like, it feels like maybe... But you, if you... if that guy never went and stole his car and killed his puppy, I actually think if he stole his car and didn't kill his puppy, I don't think we would have gotten what we got. John Wick was out. Yeah. He was out. Yeah. We would not have gotten all of this stuff happening and all these people dying if that <laughs> puppy didn't get murdered. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Sure. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That puppy is a big old linchpin. The puppy is a linchpin, yes. Yeah. I, oh man, I really, I, I like Chad Stahelski as a director. I think this dude's done some really good stuff. Now, he didn't do the first one, though, did he? Yeah, yeah he directed John Wick, John Wick 2, John Wick 3, John Wick 4, and he is going to direct Ghosts of Tsushima. I just saw it. He's going to direct Ghosts of Tsushima. Yes. All right, Chad Stahelski, if you're listening to me, please, 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 please lobby Disney for an R-rated Punisher movie. They're doing it with Deadpool. You can do this, man. I have 100% faith in you. My dude, do it. Please. For the love of God, I won't be satisfied until this happens. I am going to start some kind of fucking campaign. I, I need that movie. I need that movie. I do. I need it. All right, so you have anything else that we wanted to talk about, or are we done with our notes here? I think I've covered everything. All right, fair enough. Well, let's talk about whether we're going to keep rent or raise Jennifer and why. I am going to put this as a rent. I 
and I think it's going to be a strong rent. I really hmm. like the movie, but it is too long. This is too long for an action movie. I think it needs to be two hours tops. Hmm. Two hours tops. It it needs some of those fight scenes need to be cut down a little bit. It's tough to pick which ones though because the fight scenes are what's cool. I don't know. I don't know exactly what I would cut, but I feel like it needs to be a little shorter because I was starting to get a little bored in some of those. And I'm not supposed to be bored. I'm supposed to be on the edge of my seat excited to watch these fight sequences. And I was starting to get bored because they were so long. So I think that's why I'm going to put it in a rent because it just went on too long for me. But I love the John Wick series. John Wick, the first movie... Absolutely fantastic. One of my favorite action movies ever. I I will watch this again. I know I will. I started, I do these things during tax season sometimes when I'm, I just want something to listen to. I'll put movies on rotation and I think John Wick's going to end up in that rotation. I'll watch these four movies back to back and then and then move on. So this is definitely a rent for me. Nice. How about you? This is a keep. All this right. is a keep for me. I went into this with the lowest possible expectations because I, again, I don't remember two or three. I don't. And then when I saw it was a three-hour movie, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, you were not excited to watch this because you were like, oh, three hours. <laughs> three hours of my life. And I, I, I don't know if I'm ready for three hours of John Wick. By the time I was done with this movie, I was like, fuck, yeah, that was amazing. I want to watch that again. I was willing to put another three in. <laughs> but it was like one o'clock in the morning, so I wasn't like, yeah. going to do it then. But the action is extended. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot going on in this movie as far as action goes, as far as fight scenes go. Could it be trimmed down? Yes. But I like the excess of it. I do like the excess of it. That's strange because usually you don't like that. I know, right? So it must be done to the point where you're enjoying yourself. Yes. So, yeah. I think there's I think there's a point at which it be, it stops being fan service and it becomes more of a... What I loved about this is that it felt grueling. You felt what John Wick felt by the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. He is exhausted and you as a viewer are like, my God. How much more is he going to have to go through? Well, the answer, of course, is none. But, you know, like, I thought it worked. I thought that the length of this movie worked for what we have to go through with John Mm -hmm. for this movie. And, I mean, even just as recent as our Indiana Jones sequence, or Indiana Jones episode, I said, look, I didn't like how long these Indiana Jones action sequences were. But that's because... Spielberg's action action sequences are shorter and because they're not the centerpiece of the movie. This mm-hmm. is the centerpiece of this movie. The action is the centerpiece of the John Wick series. Mm-hmm. Works for me. Yeah. 100% works for me. I loved the visuals of this movie. I think Stahelski's got a great eye for action. I, I, I can't wait to see Ghost of Tsushima. I was a little on the fence until I heard that. Can't wait to see it now. And I, like I said before, and I'll say it again, I desperately want a Punisher movie with this dude at the helm. Great stuff. Great stuff. Excellent. Where are we going from here? What's next? All right. Next week, we are going to cover the new flick, Oppenheimer. We're going to do almost a double feature the next two weeks. We are going to cover Oppenheimer, and then we're going to go right into Barbie. Those two movies are very, really hot right now. Like, everybody's yeah. talking about these movies. Yeah, so there's, like, we double decided, features going and yeah, stuff. We yeah, we decided to do these back-to-back then. Right. Yeah. So Oppenheimer, I'm interested. Christopher Nolan, always fun to watch. I think he can get a little full of himself sometimes. Look at The Dark Knight Rises. Um, but I think... In the right context, I think he can do a really good job. This is another three-hour fucking movie. Yeah. I heard that Killian Murphy hangs dong in this movie, which is not out of the ordinary for him, so we're going to get to see his dick, I guess. He's done that before? Yeah, 28 Days Later. Like, you get that, like, there's an extended sequence where you get to see his wang in that movie. (laughs) It's like, this is great, I guess. Good for you, buddy. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. But anyway... Yeah, so we're gonna see, we can see that. So, okay. Oh boy, I don't know why there's a full on nude scene, like hanging dong. Maybe Killian was like, it's got to have it in his contract. He's like, look, I just, it's been a while. Uh, 
I want everybody to see my wiener. So let's put that in and I'm in. I'm 100% in. So he is the main guy in the Netflix series Peaky Blinders. Yes. And we do not see his penis in that movie uh, or in that series at all. So just so you know, he doesn't do it in there. Well, that's okay. I don't go into movies looking for <laughs> Killian Murphy's dong, but you know, I, like like I just I happen to notice it when it's on the screen, you know, because it's there, you know. It's like it's kind of hard to miss. But so yeah, so so apparently we're going to be treated to that. We should have, you know what, when we go to the movie theater, I'm having a hot dog. Okay. All right. <laughs> Only and I'm going to eat it right at that scene. <laughs> like, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to look at the person sitting next to me, too. Be like, so hey, just man. so you know, the movie theater we're going to doesn't have hot dogs. So are you going to like smuggle one in or something? <laughs> smuggle one in in your coat? <laughs> suggesting that I would be smuggling a wiener into a movie? Don't be a dick, Jen. Anyway, <laughs> how many more penis jokes can I get into this before? We... I, anyways, back yeah. to this. I'm Sorry, very yes. excited oh, to see this. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of real great talk about this. Okay. Uh, you know, that sounds like the acting is top notch. Um, good storytelling. Um, I, I'm excited to see this. Yeah. The, Killian Murphy's a great actor, dong mm-hmm. aside. He's really a good actor. <laughs> You're just obsessed and, with that. <laughs> no, no. I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny that there's... <laughs> there, they, I've read that they that there's an extended sequence. They're like, we're gonna go full nude. Everybody's gonna see everything. Are you gonna, I was like, like, are you gonna like nudge me and poke me when it starts? Because that seems like something you're gonna do. Like, hey, <laughs> no, hey, there no, it is. No, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have a hot dog. I'm gonna stare at the person next to me while I eat it. Be like, <laughs> you'll put it in my mouth as far as I can. And be like, oh, oh take gosh. a big old bite. You know, <laughs> weirdo. I know, I know. All right, well that's that's it. Next week here on a view from the couch. Killian Murphy in right. Oppenheimer. Awesome. And this dog. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at a view from the couch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, Please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.